Here we are. Michael, would you like to start? Do we have a script? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Celia Podcast. I'm your host. Michael Gallagher. <laughs> I'm, I'm joined here today with my lovely wife, Carmen. Yep. Who's turning 25. Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> I am so, so pumped. So why, why do you love birthdays so much? I think... The older you get, the less exciting birthdays get, or, or like the more you dread birthdays. But it's just, it's the only day out of the year where you could be really obnoxious and no one will question you. And you could be very self-centered and no one will doubt why. They're like, oh, it's her birthday. She'll go back to normal tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like some people like are uncomfortable if you're not being self-centered on your birthday. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> they I, want, they want you to be. <laughs> I, I'm starting to milk it as much as I can. The older I get, the more excited I get about being older. Like it makes me happy. <laughs> like I'm not. I don't want to be young forever. So is it because people always think you're like twelve? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually, but I love birthdays. I just I love birthdays. You get to have your favorite things. It's an excuse for you to do whatever you want to do. Um, I usually get like a massage on my birthday. I don't know if I will this year because COVID. But like it's just, it's an excuse for you to love yourself a little extra that day without shame. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like my, my birthday is always just kind of pass. You're also, you're, you're, your birthdays are weird because you're a twin, but you have different a different birthday than your twin brother. Mm-hmm. So like his birthday is, a, is the day before your birthday. Does it ever feel like it's an afterthought? <laughs> like your birthday is... An afterthought, or do you like having your birthday on your own day? I like having my own day. It is also a thing that like always throws people. I think it's funny. Yeah, I think it's funny too. Because they're like, "Oh, happy birthday!" I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" Just because Facebook told you my twin's birthday was today doesn't mean it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking twin stereotypes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and people are always like, "Oh, was it by like five minutes?" Like, no, no, my mom didn't get it that easy. It's like a half a day <laughs> difference. Yeah, like nine hours. Eight yeah. Hours. It's crazy. Oh, my poor mother. Um, it's my birthday. Can okay. we go back to we'll me? We'll talk about you. Thank you. Talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> Although your mom is a twin, speaking of. Yeah, my mom is a twin too, but she shares her birthday with her twin. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How lame. So anyway, <laughs> are you where you wanted to be at 25? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> In what sense? Give me the details. Mm. have you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish by 25 i think at 25 i didn't think i'd be entry level (laughs) (laughs) but i also didn't expect me to work for a huge corporation not even like fortune 500 it's like fortune 50 that that shit's crazy um but apart from like so job wise doing the actual jobs that i thought i'd be doing I am shocked at what I've done. Like, one, I didn't really think I was going to do my career. Like, it just seems like such a, like, dream. Like, like impossible. But I'm doing that. I'm really happy about that. I guess, like, what I've learned in the last year is that even though I have my dream job, it doesn't mean it's the dream forever. And I think I've learned to cope with that. So I guess, like, where I am, am I where I wanted to be at 25? I didn't know I wanted to be this enlightened, if that makes sense. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm sure, like, 
later on I'm gonna think like oh I didn't really know as much as I thought I did but in retrospect all the other times I thought I knew something I knew I didn't know everything but now at 25 I'm really comfortable with the lessons that I've learned and I feel like some things won't waver as much as other things if that makes sense like with this job stuff it's like oh your career is going to evolve and change as you evolve and change so the less the broader lesson is you are going to evolve and change and i and i feel really comfortable and like at peace with that when i feel like when i was a teenager i was like no i'm gonna be the same person for the rest of my life (laughs) you know Yeah, yeah like that's what i mean yeah and like i've learned that like friendships are really important um college was really big for me learning that like oh i actually do like my family but i've learned how to set boundaries realizing like oh i don't have to be like everyone in my family or like i don't have to be like everyone every one of my friends i don't have to do what social media says i don't have to do what advertising tells me i don't have to do all the other things so i think that's like i wasn't expecting myself to be so comfortable with who i am this early on at 25. Because I feel like you learn that like in your 40s, don't you? Hmm. I guess like some to, people do. Like to not give a crap when you're just like, oh, what else? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, like I don't care what you think of me. So in, in summary and summation, <laughs> I wasn't expecting myself to feel so comfortable at 25. Mm-hmm. And like that trumps all the other things that I thought I was going to accomplish by 25. Well, I feel like, like a lot of people in their 20s don't feel comfortable yet. but I feel very comfortable. Yeah. I also, I didn't know I would be married at 25. I thought I was going to be an old maid and I wasn't going to worry about it. But then I met you and you like threw everything out of... But you're so beautiful. Of course you'd be married. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So you only like me for my body? You always say that. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. So you kind of talked about this, but how's life after a quarter century? Being 25 is weird. Because you're not a full adult. If, like, do you know what I mean? Like, people aren't looking at me being like, oh, she's definitely an adult. She's like, the responsible adult here. It's like, no, I'm just the adult here. <laughs> like, it's just, I could, because it's just 25 is so weird because half the time I feel like I'm still a child. Half the time I'm still reading Twilight. Like... <laughs> <laughs> We can, we can talk about that now, that now that my embarrassing uh, fact about myself is out in the public. But that's what I mean. Like, half of the time, I just want to sit here, read Twilight, be dumb, not think about something serious, read really trashy. I'm not into trashy TV. I'm into trashy books, clearly. And drink sangria. But then the next day, you're going to call me up, and I have to give a presentation about, like, sustainability and, like, cotton certifications and all that crap you know so it 25 is so weird because you're half a child but you're half an adult but you're clearly an adult and you have all this authority over your life like now i could rent a car thank goodness but not only that like i can go freely i don't have to like my parents aren't responsible for me i make my own money like it's just it's weird it's just i don't know like, it, I don't know how to, I think that's like the biggest struggle about being in your mid-20s is because you're closer to 30 than you are 18, but I feel like on the inside, some days I'm closer to 18 than I am to 30, mm-hmm. and that, for me, is the hardest thing to cope with, 
And then I have, and then I talk to older, older adults and they're like, oh, I still feel like I'm a child. They're like, I, they're like in their seventies and they're like, I still feel like I'm 25. And I'm like, well, I'm 25 and I feel like I'm not 25. I feel like I'm younger and older. It's just weird. So that's life at a quarter century. I don't know about life after a quarter century. Hmm. But, like, you're 24. Do you feel that way sometimes? Like, last night you stayed up to, like, the butt crack of dawn playing video games with your best friend. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that way sometimes. Yeah. But I guess it's, like, not even kids. Yeah, so then yeah, I wonder, like, how like life will be when we do eventually have kids. Like, am I still going to feel like, why did someone trust me with another human being? I am not even prepared to handle my own self. Yeah, and so like, oh, no one trusted you. You just have to. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, I've had conversations with people, like, in their 30s, and I asked, like, oh, do you feel this way? And they're like, oh, I feel this way, but I feel like, what do they say? They're like, I'm, I've given myself permission to not feel like an adult until I'm taking care of a child. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess, like, are you a real adult when you're taking care of kids? But, like, what if, like, we never have kids? Like, I'd be totally okay with if we never have kids, but am I going to feel the same way for the rest of my life? Or if we do have kids, and we have, like, seven of them, and I still feel like a child, will I feel like I failed as an adult? You know? Mm, yeah. So those are things I think about. I don't know. I guess you never really shake some feelings, you know? I guess. But I also don't want to become a cynical adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I am 37 and I want my trashy books just so I, I keep myself mentally healthy, then then I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like most adults, are like, when we were growing up, were probably just, like, not telling us everything. You know? Yes. Like, they they were doing the dumb stuff, too. They were just, like, good at hiding it. Well, I look at my mom. Like, she had, she was a single mom. She raised three kids. She didn't have it easy being an immigrant, all the things. But she's like one of the people that I know is not cynical. Yet she's ha- she's had it the hardest that I've known. But she's still like the happiest person ever. Like she she is the one that has taught me the like, oh, I don't give a crap attitude. She's like, anything can happen. Things figure out themselves. You're going to be fine. Nothing is life or death. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that is what keeps you from being cynical is when you realize, oh, the worst has happened it wasn't as bad as i thought or even if like oh that was as bad as i could get but like i'm still okay or like or i learned to be okay and then i feel like that takes away the cynicism Mm -hmm. so do you think accepting life as it is is your best lesson from the last quarter century yes and that's the lesson i want to take on for the rest of my years so is that what you would tell 10 year old carmen no, 10-year-old Carmen, I'd be like, hey, dude, just do it. Just keep going. You're going to you're gonna impress yourself. <laughs> Don't quit violin. I think that's what I would tell her. I would say keep playing mm-hmm. violin. Don't quit. You're actually really good. Um, don't do color guard. Just do orchestra instead. <laughs> be a band kid. Yeah, be a band kid. And then if you want to dance, just do dance lessons. But yeah, at 10, I was... Uh, man... I was really proud of her because it took her like a year to be fluent in English. I was reading big books come fifth grade or like two years after I moved here. Yeah. Like I could have read Aragon 
in fifth grade, no problem. And I was, I would also tell her, um, keep being confident. Cause I feel like when I was 10, cause I, that was what, fifth grade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I would raise my hand all the time. I would read out loud in like in class. I would go up to the board to answer math questions. Like I was just so, so confident. Like nothing really tore me down, I guess. Like nothing like hindered me. But I feel like, I mean, this happens to everybody. Middle school came around and I just shut down. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm still recovering. I think that's why I'm an ambivert because, like, I still have that half of, like, anxiety and, like, shyness. Mm-hmm. But I still have that 10-year-old in me that is the one that forces me to be extroverted and just confident. What do you think changed? I think just life happened. Like, a lot of things happened. I don't want to get too deep. I don't, I don't, I don't think my parents divorced. See, this is how <laughs> deep we're going. Like, I don't think those things, like, affected me. I think it was more of feeling like the people around me were affected by things that were happening in our family. So I was being affected by them or like the effect of events on them affected me. So you're being like, I guess, sympathetic to the people around you. Yeah. Like I just like really took that in. I also think it's because I realized how my life was so different from my friends who were American and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that made me feel a little bit insecure. Or, like, I started to realize, oh, I'm, I'm actually not like everybody else. Yeah, I started noticing that. I think uh, fifth grade was when I started kind of noticing that. Because I'd be thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just like them. I was like, well, I don't have a dad. Yeah, I feel like, so, Live somewhere when else we have here. kids, I really want to protect that 10-year age. If that makes sense. Like, the 10 to, like, 13, maybe. 10 to 12. Before you're an actual teenager. Because I feel like... So much of you is ingrained in you already, but I feel like that confidence that you have and that fearlessness that you have when you're 10 starts to, that's when it starts to dwindle because like, mm-hmm. like I said, you start to like, oh, my body's changing. Oh, I'm not like everybody else. Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. Like all those things. So like, I would want to like, I don't know. I feel like if I would have had, I don't want to say different friends or different family, but I feel like if I would have had like a mentor in my life. That was like, hey, you're going to be fine. Like, you're doing really great. Then I could have been more confident. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And not that I wasn't. I feel like I've always been pretty confident. I just think I wouldn't have been as insecure. Because I think you could be confident and insecure at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. They're kind of two different things. So we've talked about your past. What do you think... Or what, what would you tell 50-year-old you? I hope you're keeping it tight. Yeah. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I would want to tell 50-year-old me, I hope you're still excited about everything. And I hope you're you're still making an effort of being healthy. Because you've... You've already put in a lot of effort. Yeah, it's like I'm it. I'm starting to put in a lot of effort, more than I've ever put in. So it's like, could you please tell me if it worked? <laughs> That's what I would ask her. It's like, did we keep it tight? Did you take care of your body? Um, but I would, I think if I were to meet 50-year-old me, I would just ask her more questions than me telling her things. What would you want 50-year-old you to be like? Gray. Because I feel like I might go prematurely gray, so I want her to just, like, embrace it. Embrace the gray. Embrace embrace the gray. Yeah, I want her to be fun and 
It's just, I just don't want her to lose that light for life. Mm-hmm. And I still want her to be an advocate and be super annoying and tell other people about things that are important. And I want her to be more fearless, which I don't know how, how the heck that could happen. <laughs> that would that, how that would look like. So discover the ways that you're not being fearless. No. And become fearless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm not fearless in my career. I think everything apart from my career, I'm pretty fearless. So I would want her to feel like, oh, I am a boss. When right now I'm like, I think I'm a boss. <laughs> I mean, I'm no one's boss. <laughs> I'm being bossed. But I, at 50, I want her to be like, no, I'm the boss. I built this. I made this. Mm-hmm. This is my legacy. Mm. So what's the hardest, easy thing you have to do as an adult? The hardest but easy thing. The hardest easy thing. The hardest easy thing. Marriage? Because <laughs> I don't think marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. But but it's... It, to me, marriage is easy, but it's also hard. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Being financially smart is actually a lot easier than we think. But, it's, but it is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Yeah. I think that is the theme of like, things are easy, but they take hard work. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I guess actually doing things is sometimes harder than just talking about it. Mm-hmm. It does seem like sometimes knowing how to do something is the hardest part. And other times just doing it can be the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, nothing's hard. But I don't think anything's hard. I feel like things are hardest when you're procrastinating doing them. Yeah. Or if you haven't done them yet, they seem really hard. Like, I get nervous. I think some things are difficult, but I don't think anything's hard. And I don't know if, if that's because I'm overconfident. But I just, like, I've yet to run into something that I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Like, I can't do this. I won't do it. It's too hard. I haven't run into something that makes me want to quit. Yeah. But does the thought occur to you? Like, before you started, you're like, ah. Yeah, like every day at work. <laughs> like whenever, yeah, like I'm still like, this is really hard. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. Hmm. And it, it hasn't gone easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think like you build upon your skills. So every day, like you're challenging yourself, which is why it feels like it keeps getting harder, but it's not, it's not possible. Or I guess like it keeps getting more difficult, but it's not hard. I don't know. Do you, do you think that's part of how you, of being optimistic is knowing that hard things aren't as hard as you think? Heck yeah. I'm a true optimist, which is ironic. I was very pessimistic as a teen. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm, yeah, I, I remember. remember. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I feel like one day I just woke up. I was like, eh, it's cool. I know. I, I'm not sure what I am because I do know that like bad things will happen and annoying things will happen. You're very cynical. Like but, not a pessimist. but I also know that like you'll get through it and it'll be okay, and that's just part of part of living. And things always don't go as planned, and that's fine. Just like plan for them to not go as planned. You I know? plan for things to not go as planned. That's good. So anyway, moving away from our weird philosophical discussion about how to be a, a pessimist or an optimist or cynical or not. <laughs> so what what do you want to accomplish in the next five years? I don't know. Mainly because I think about five years ago. When I was 20, uh-huh. I was like, five years. And I'm, now that I'm over here on this side of those five years, I'm like, but did I, did I do anything? 
feel like I didn't do anything. But you've done so much in the last five years. Yeah, I graduated college. I got married. I moved to another state. Got your dream job. Got my dream job. That's about it. It's a lot. A lot of people haven't done that yet. Yeah, I guess. Um, in the next five years, I think I just want to be more vocal about things I'm interested in. Because I guess, like, right now, my career is, like, at the forefront of my mind because it's so new. Like, that's the newest, shiniest thing, the the one thing, like, I haven't cracked, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, the thing you want to get right. Yeah, it's the thing I want to get right, and I'm learning that you you're happier with your career when you have people around you within your job or your friends or any group and you just say hey like this sounds really cool that'd be cool to do it one day and then somehow opportunities come and they're like oh i know this person like once mentioned they'd like to do that and then you get like a random job offer and then you say yes like i want my career to be effortless in the sense of like not the everyday work is effortless more like the transitions within my career are effortless if that makes sense like i don't want to be pulling teeth for a promotion i don't want to be competing i don't want to be like killing myself for something that was new i just want to be like oh it just felt so right at that time because mm-hmm. i feel like that's how i handle everything in my life and i want to see how that translates into work and five years from now, I want to be, like, hell of it. <laughs> I don't mean, like, super buff and, like, abs and all that. I just want to feel, like, like at my... Not, I don't want to say I'm my strongest. Like, I'm my most resilient. Mm-hmm. Want to just go run a 5K cash? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's my goal. Like, I just want to run a 5K. I'm waking up. I'm eating healthy. Like, I, like, I want to feel super, super satisfied of where I am with my health. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have babies in five years, in case you haven't noticed. Just so you know. Yeah, but like, go on, let's like have the baby. They just want to have the baby. Uh, right? I don't want to have the baby, oh, and I also don't want to like have the baby. Most people don't want to have babies either. I want, I want someone to True. Moses me a child. Like, drop like, off, talk like... Talk a little first, you know? Yeah, I want someone to drop off, like... A baby that's already potty trained. Mm, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah like that is. I I, mm. I want to be pregnant so people give me a bunch of attention and like baby me. <laughs> I don't want to do labor at all. And I don't want to do like the first like two years of parenting. You're, so you don't want to be sleep deprived? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That is my stance on kids. <laughs> But if someone were to, like, literally just drop off a baby at our doorstep, I'd be like, ooh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> That's why I think, like, adoption sounds so awesome to me. Like, I'd rather adopt all the kids in the world than have one of my own. And then you're helping someone else. Yeah. Because I feel like you're just helping steward their life mm-hmm. versus, like, parenting. <laughs> I don't know. And we need help. Probably. And this is why we are not having kids anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if their parents listening. Like, oh, they're so young and dumb. Oh. Yeah, I know. Parent friends, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, same. So anyway, let's get some, like, lighter questions. Some rapid fire Q&A. 
your favorite questions, which are, what is your favorite? (laughs) My favorite questions are my favorite questions. (laughs) So what is your, what are your, what have been your favorite clothing items from the last 25 years? Like specific or like categories? My favorite jeans are 100% cotton, like rigid cotton jeans. I bought them at Anthro on like super sale the day I bought my wedding dress from Beholden. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to buy something that I could wear every day to like commemorate the day I got my wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't wear my wedding dress every day. I mean, I want to, but it'd be weird if I like show up to my Zoom meeting and then I stand up trying to like go pick up something. And I'm wearing my wedding dress. Yeah, I was like, hmm, she's very formal today. Yeah, <laughs> formal Fridays. So do you think you found any lifelong clothing things you always want to have? No. Not yet. But that is, like, on my bucket list. Like, I want to have, like, when I'm 50, be like, oh, this is vintage from 2020. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I've yet to to find those things. Mm. So, what's been your favorite book so far? So, your favorite book isn't necessarily the book you've read the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Freshman year of high school, my teacher made us read children of the river it's from like 1989 Hmm. have you heard of it oh no no yeah you haven't you probably haven't but it's my favorite book because it was the first book that i felt like it was my story when it wasn't it's about this girl who moves from cambodia to the u.s her family escaping war in cambodia she's like a teenager or teenager whatever in She's, like, experiencing American life and school, but then she goes home and she has a Cambodian life. And she really... She basically falls in love with, like, the football... Like, the stereotypical white guy. Like, he's, an, he, he's like, the quarterback, and he's blonde, he has blue eyes, but she's Cambodian. And English is her second language. He doesn't understand her, her culture. She doesn't understand his culture. So it's, like, this mesh of, like, two worlds coming together. And one of the biggest questions within the book is knowing who you are. And one of, like, the cheerleaders, she, like, makes a speech about it. Or, like, she writes an essay about, like, oh, don't let other people tell you who you are. Like, you need to find yourself, like, all those things. But then the main character, she didn't really understand what that meant in the beginning of the book. She was like, how can you not be you? Like, that makes no sense. Like, you are you. Like, no one else can be you. This is you. How can you be someone else? But then towards the end of the book, she understands, like, what that means. Because, like, her family, her her culture is telling her to be, like, you have to be Cambodian. You have to, like, be stereotypically you. Yet, she's, like, part of this whole different world from her home life. And people there are different. So, like, she's trying to figure out, like, who she is as, like, a combination of, like, two cultures in one. Yeah. Mm. I should reread it. I haven't read it in, like, ten years now. But, yeah, like, I really, I think that's, like, my favorite book because it just really, like, for the first time I felt like someone understood what it was like. And, like, I totally understand, like, no one can tell you who to be you, but I understand that conflict of, like, being two people as one. Yeah, having, like, two lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you feel like you're living two lives. And you don't know how to be your your true self, because I mean that's something that I've always I've always thought of myself as a dual person, being bilingual, being ambivert, like 
being left and right-brained, like, I've always felt split. And I always felt like I've been two people, so I've had to cope how to be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my night son is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> team Edward. <laughs> so you got to be Team Edward to read that book. Yeah. It's all about him, you know. <laughs> Sassy Edward is the best Edward. <laughs> Yeah. But see, like, the weirdest thing, okay, just my last Twilight thing that I'll ever mention, <laughs> is that you're, they're technically frozen in time, like, when they become vampires. So, like, I've told you, it's not like he's 109. It's he's been 17 for 109 years. Tell me that's not torture. Yeah, it'd be the worst. It'd be the worst. I was, oh, I was so annoying at 17. So imagine being annoying for 109 years. <sighs> Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, who's your favorite fictional character? Ooh, Ron Weasley. Duh. Easiest question. <laughs> who's your least favorite fictional character? Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, Harry gets on my nerves sometimes. He's really great. I think he's my least favorite because I love him so much. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you want them to do better, like, the same way, like, you love your friends, and you're like, hey, stop being a weirdo. You can do better. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what I feel like with Harry Potter. Um, oh, no, my least favorite character is the couple in, in, on Chazzle Beach, the book. Oh, just both of them? Yeah, because, like, they were only married for a couple hours, and then they just, like, broke up their entire life because they didn't know how to communicate. That was annoying. Mm-hmm. That is annoying. See, I read more books outside of uh, YA. <laughs> Do you need to prove Elizabeth that Bennett. I don't like Pride and Prejudice. Oh my gosh, unpopular opinion. I'm gonna get lynched. <laughs> I don't. Mm. Yeah, I mean the Audrey Austin books are the same. Yeah, Mrs. Bennett. Oh, Punch her in is. the face, oh, please. The worst. Mr. Bennett's pretty great. I too. love Mr. Bennett. Cool. He is like the best part of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. But I do love Mr. Darcy, I will say. I, I guess I, I love Mr. angsty. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. I do love like angsty male characters, hence Edward. Because Mr. Darcy <laughs> is like the same. Like, he's so angsty and dramatic. So uh, what's been your favorite meal from the last century? The lamb from Blanchette in London. Mm. The pasta really attention in Brighton. <laughs> Basically, our entire eating trip that was England. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to England and, you know, we, we haven't been ate. in England and just ate the entire time. Yeah, we just ate the entire time. Also, good food. Mm-hmm. Definitely spent a lot on food. No regrets. You're like, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I love any tea house. Take me to any tea house, best meal. Mm, Especially yeah. like the first one we went to where we hacked like a crap ton of miles and I was wearing the wrong shoes. But then at the end of it, I was able to sit and enjoy like chocolate cake and tea. Oh. So speaking of our England trip, what's been your favorite trip? Our England trip? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. I guess like I wasn't expecting to love the Lake District as much as I, mm-hmm. I did. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. Or why why do you think you like the England trip so much? It's because I dreamt about England for so long and I was obsessed with England. I still am. Um it felt like I went home. Even though you I've been never there. been it's like as soon as we arrived I felt like oh I've been here. 
Yeah, and I mean, same. But. Well, you lived there. <laughs> yeah, like when we were driving north um, from London to uh, Windermere, like, I was like, wow, like, I've been here. Or when we were walking around London, it felt like, oh, I know where everything is. But, like, I've never been there. And I didn't know where anything was. But everything felt like, it felt like I had been there before. And, like, I lived there or, like, I... Like, everything just felt so effortless. Any more favorites you want to share? My favorite color is blue. What's your, your favorite of the five tastes? Sour. You like sour the best? I love sour stuff. Sour stuff is nice. It's pretty good. I love chips and salsa. Mexican food is my favorite. What's your favorite salsa? Uh, mocajete. Any mm. mocajete. Salsa is really good. Um, what does that mean? What goes into that? It's mocajete. It's um, like a mortal and pestle made out of pumice stone. Um, mm-hmm. So what you do is you roast all of your veggies and you have the tomato, like you roast everything. And then you put them in the mocajete to mix it up. That's like the easiest, best way I could describe it. Mm, so you like crush it by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Mexican food is the best food. If you don't like Mexican food, we can't be friends. You're going to wrap up then. Do we have a script? (laughs) Uh, I know we don't. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for coming to my birthday. Yeah, thanks for coming to Carmen's birthday. She really appreciates it. Yay. She'd love all the gifts. Although, I don't know (laughs) what I got for my birthday. Someone does not let me open gifts before the day. I don't understand why, why you're like this. But anyway, if you enjoyed the podcast... There are more, and there will hopefully be more after this. Mm-hmm. Solico, right? Solico. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. You could follow us on Instagram at Sully underscore co or on our website, sullyco.com. Let's hope my husband remembers where all the things are because he's really bad at wrapping things up. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Michael Q. McBooty, and I approve this message.